Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. The first chapter, the fourth to the ninth verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you are able, please stand for the reading. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ. Jesus, for in him you have been en enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack, lack any spiritual gifts as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be relieved. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. You are the living word. God is so good. We about to have church. How, you you got to have church with the body of the church. I need y'all. Amen. Amen. So um, let us bow. Father God, we come to you right now saying thank you. We thank you for your grace. Carice, the unmerited, undeserved kindness and favor. We thank you, Lord. Uh, at this time, Lord, I would ask that you would move me completely out of the way, Father God, that your people hear and see nothing but you. Use this vessel as you please, Father God. I surrender complete control. Use me as only you can, Father God, and I ask that you would begin to exfoliate the old man and make new, Father God, the new man. I ask that you would touch the congregation right now, Father God, that you begin to prick at their hearts, Father God. They, may this word fall on soil ground, Lord. We thank you for everything that you will do, and we thank you for what you've done. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. 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 So uh, today we have the, uh, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the verse. If you uh, don't have your Bibles, we have the bulletin for you that has the scripture uh, laid out for you. Um, and so the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about uh, the book of Corinthians, and um, I'm just amazed at how God is moving. And uh, not just, and, and if I could be honest and transparent with you this morning, uh, I was selfish. I was selfish, meaning that this I was very intentional about this sermon. This sermon was for me. Yes, sir. I, understand. I was like, okay, Lord. I, I was thinking about y'all, but then God was like, no, it's for you. Yes, 
Uh, they're going to be blessed by it, you know, but it is for you. Um, and so I was very thankful uh, that God has just uh, continued to show himself uh, in my life uh, because I don't deserve it. Yes, sir. I'm not worthy. Um, and so I just had a, a very uh, reflective week, a very trying week, very trying week. Um, if I could allow to uh, vent a little bit, I think that's good for, for, for one uh, to, to vent. And so this week was very trying. Um, you know, I, had a lot, I have a lot going on at, at work. Um, you know, the personal life, uh, the private life, the social life, everything, it's just a lot going on. And um, I was feeling very good on Tuesday morning. Like I woke up and I felt like this was my break. I was like, yeah, it's been hectic, but today is the day. And I got into work and um, just sat there and was doing my job and feeling real good. And then suddenly I just got a headache and I'm like, okay. I got weak. I'm like, okay, I think I might I start getting cold. I said, well, Lord, what's going on? Because you know I got to preach this Sunday. What you, what's going on? And uh, I went, got home, had 101 fever, just out of nowhere. And so I'm like, Lord, you know all the things I got to do. I got sermon coming up. Pastor just called me. I got, come on now. And so God was like, I'm God. Amen. I'm God. And so for me, I was just like, I, I know. I, I know that God. But I'm human. Right? If we could be honest, right? Because I believe, but help my unbelief. And so um, I just continued to pray. Um, and I thank God for my wife who helped nurse me back to uh, health. Because um, I was, she knows me. I, I'm sensitive. I get like, I'm down. Like when I'm sick, I'm sick. Okay? I'm not like, it takes a lot. Like when I'm knocked out, it's just I'm walking around the house. You know, she, she was caring for me, you know? Yes. <laughs> You know, so, it, yeah, yeah, shout out to, yeah, shout out to, yeah, it's all right. You can clap it up for us. Um, and so, um, which brings us to the text, uh, God's grace. God's grace. When I thought about chapter uh, 1, verses 4 through 9, God said, God's grace. This is, I want you to think about my grace. As you deliver the text this morning, I want you to be focused on my grace. And so I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to do, do it then. That's what you called me to do. We're going to talk about your grace. And um, let's look at the text. The text says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so I thought about the text. I thought about how we often, we read the text. We read scripture. And uh, a lot of times, we, sometimes we forget, right? Yeah. Like we, we read text, but then we don't read the text. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So like I read the text, and I was like, that's good. But I didn't like read the text. And so I had to remind myself, like, Paul got this letter. He, he gets this bad news, right, from his church at Corinth. He planted this church. He told him, this is what you need to do. And he got word that they were doing everything except for what he told them to do. Amen? And so how do we deal with problems? Paul is dealing with not just a problem, but with many problems within the body of the church. Amen. Let me say that again. Within the body of the church. Right? Because a lot of times we forget, like, we still human, we still fall, we, we're not perfect, 
right? We're going to make mistakes, and some of us are going to sin intentionally, right? It's not a mistake. I, I did that on purpose because I wanted what I wanted. Let's be, let's be honest, amen? Let's keep it real. Sometimes I do, I, I, yeah, I did that. Well, was it an accident? No, it was, I, I wanted to sin. So Paul is dealing with this carnal church in Corinthian, and uh, Pastor Bert hit it last week. He said, the Corinthians, right? Like, if you were Corinthian, like, that was like, you were just, you lived a, a sinful, a debased life. Like, your life was just vile and wicked, right? That's what it meant to be a Corinthian. Because they had, what did pastor say, right? It was the New York, the Vegas of their time, right? Combined in one. And so they had all these different things going on. So Paul, how do, how do we deal with the issues in our life, right? So are we like him, right? We're like, yes, I got issues in my life. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, I, this is what I live for. You know what I'm saying? God, it ain't nothing. I slay. I slay, right? Like David. I slay my issues. So we receive it with joy. Or are we like here, right? I, I, I don't know what to do, right? Do we panic? Do we, get, we, we begin to shake in our boots, right? Or, or some of us, right? Do we go to the bottle? Let's be honest. Do we, go, we got issues in our life. Do we go to the bottle? Right? We just start drinking it away. I ain't going to deal with this. I'm going to just turn up. Right? I'm going to turn up till I forget about everything. And then we wake up and be like, mm, it's still there. The issue is still there. Right? And so Paul is dealing with these issues. And I don't think he was like excited about like, yeah, the Corinthian church, they're calling all these issues. I don't think he started to panic. And I don't think he began to drink his sorrow away either. Uh, and I don't think he was like, little Charlie, right? Like just talking to himself. <laughs> I don't know why I just hate my life. I hate everything about it. Uh, right, but, or was he crying? So I think that for us as Christians, right, we have to remember this letter is about learning to think about every area of life through the lens of the gospel. So Paul's focus was, I understand that everything that is going on, I have to look at it through the lens of the gospel. Not through my lens, not through Nathan's lens, but through God's lens. Lord, what are you trying to show me through this experience? I think that would help us a lot um, if, we be, if we would begin to look at our issues, our struggles, our challenges, our, right, the things that, even our successes, right, through the lens of the gospel. Because if I'm not mistaken, the whole point of God saving us is so that we can go back into the world, right, and share God's gospel. Amen. See, I think that, what I forget, I was like, wow, Lord, so you, when you call me, like you, I was out there, like let's use the ocean for example, I was out there swimming like Nemo, right, just doing my own thing, right, just doing my own thing, then you caught me, right, you threw the hook out there, and you, you reeled me in, and then, right, you, so th what would we do with fish? Like, usually we clean it, right? Hopefully you clean your fish, right? You clean your fish, right? And then so sometimes there's fishermen who take that bait, right, and then they throw it back out there to catch more fish. So God called me, cleaned me up, and said, now I want you to go back out there. You're not perfect. No, 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 you're not perfect, but I want, they need to see what I'm doing in your life. So Paul's saying that he's looking at this issue, these issues are through the lens of the gospel. The Corinthian church has these problems that are going on. And he's so focused, he puts on his spiritual glasses and begins to look at it from a, a spiritual perspective. 
And so when I thought about that, um, I couldn't think about, I couldn't help but think about, I was looking at this uh, in my commentary, and uh, one of the preachers, his name is Mofat, he said that um, the church was in the world as it had to be, but the world was in the church as it ought not to be. So as a Christian, right, you're supposed to be in the world, but you should not be of the world. So the Corinthian church was in the world, right, because it has to be. City church has to be in the world. That's what God has called us to do, but we shouldn't be of the world. And so I thought, I said, wow. So Paul's perspective was like, I get it, right? Because you're human, right? And then, I- I'm going to say that, Lord, help me, Lord, focus, right? Because uh, God was giving me so many different things to extract from the text. I'm like, Lord, this is so good. And so, and then we look at this. A hundred thousand years, st- fast forward. We still dealing with the same issues. We still got the same issues going on in the body. Now, on one side, it's like that's a, a, a good thing because it helps us, right? It help, well, the Corinthian church was struggling with this, so how do we deal with it, right? But on the flip side, it's like the world is looking at us and saying, well, why should I go to church? Because they're just as crooked as me. But see, they don't understand that we've been saved, right? But we've been pardoned. See, that's the difference. See, and this is what's amazing about the text is that these believers— were wrestling with sin, they still were believers. They still were saved, but they had some issues that they were struggling with. So just like City Church, we we are saved, right? God has called us out of the world, but some of the world is still in us. So let's look at the text again, right? Because sometimes, like I said, we read it, but we don't read it, right? So I'm going to read it one more time. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with, all no- with knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into his fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So like I said, so now I need you to put on your spiritual ears, right? You know you got two sets, right? I don't know if you knew that, right? You got your human ears, right? Because you hear things like you hear, right? We hear like you hear people mumble right now like, ooh, that's good, right? But then you also have the spiritual ears. You have your, your spiritual ears. You have, when you're in a room with nobody, and you hear God says, get up and pray. Yes, You're like, who, who's that? Uh-huh. I don't, that, was not of, that was not the physical, that was the spiritual, right? So we have, I want you to put on your spiritual ears so that you hear what's going on this morning. So verse 4, we're going to take this thing verse by verse. We're going to go verse by verse. And I was like, God, Lord, again, I'll t- tell you, I'm sorry, a little selfish. This is for me. I mean, I hope y'all help too, amen? But God was dealing with me, amen? So getting to the text. Paul continues this letter at verse 4. And he says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. So I looked at the text. I said, that's good. That's okay. That's good. He always thanks God for them. That's, that's cool. But then God said, no, I need you to dig. I need you to, I need you to extract. I need you to, right, to really look at the text for what I'm saying. And so it's going to take you to dig a little deeper. I need you to study. So three words popped out to me. Uh, four, but three in particular. I, so always 
thank and grace. Always thank and grace. So when I looked at the word always, always comes from the Greek word pass, P-A-S. And the word means daily. The word means daily. So Paul says, I daily thank my God for you. So, because there's people who say, man, you always playing, right? You always, that doesn't mean that you're always playing. It's just like you play majority of the time, right? So, so, so it's different, right? Because if we look at our, our 21st century, we're thinking like, man, God, Paul was always praying for him. That's my always. Like, I always pray, but I don't pray every day, but I pray like every other day. So, like, I always pray. No, right? So, no, this is me. Like, the Greek word he uses is that I daily thank God for you. Amen. That's different. Right? So then he says, I, I thank God for you. And I looked at the word thank. I was like, okay, what does that mean? Because, you know, sometimes you say Starbucks, you get your food, you know, whatever. You're like, thank you. you know, do you really mean it, though? You're just like, thank you. Or is it just out of habit, right? So I looked at the text, and the Greek word, yokeriteo, uh, which means to be grateful, to express gratitude. So I know some of you coffee drinkers. I know some of you coffee drinkers. When you get your hands on that espresso, right, that caffeine, you express that gratitude. You be like, oh my, hallelujah, thank you. Now I'm up. Like God didn't wake you, now let me stop. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. But, right, so I, I daily give gratitude. I'm daily grateful for God because of his grace giving you. What is this grace? His um, charis, that undeserved kindness. I daily thank my God for you because of the undeserved favor he's given you in Christ Jesus. Amen. So like I said, just looking at glance, I always thank my God for you because of his grace giving you. You walk away like that was good. But now, no, I daily am grateful that God has given you that unmerited, that undeserved kindness because of Christ Jesus. What do you mean by that? Because he died for you. And so now God gives it freely. Because again, we're talking to the Corinthian church, the Corinthian, the sin, right? They were living in sin. They were practicing sin. But God says, what? It's not predicated on you. We're going to talk about what God has done for you, and that's why I'm thankful. Amen. It's not about what you did. Verse 5. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. And I looked at this. I was like, oh, okay, that's good. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Enriched in every way. Enriched in every way. The word plateo, Greek word plateo, uh, for enriched, it says to be made rich, to be made wealthy. So I thought about that. I said, okay. So again, we're talking to the Corinthian church. They know a little something about money. They're at the port, right? They're, all the trading, all the, all the money is going. It's the New York, the Vegas combined of their time. And so he says that you have been enriched in every way. So if I'm a Corinthian, I'm going to be like, well, what's you talking about? Like, because I got money, mm-hmm. right? I got any pleasure I can fathom at my fingertips, at, the, right, at my exposure. I can do that. But he says, no, you've been enriched in a different way. Mm-hmm. You've been enriched in a different way. 
we're talking, we're talking about spiritually. God has given you gifts. He's given you the gift of speech, the gift of tongues, the gift of prophesying. You have the gift of teaching. You are a rich church, not by your own merit. Amen. And again, you don't deserve it. But God has blessed you richly. He's made you wealthy with these things because he loves you and because of what Christ did. I thought about how this must have been amazing for them because they're looking like, because you think about this at, I think about myself, right? And sometimes when we hear, depending on how you're feeling at the moment, you get some bad news, you might respond a different way. But Paul is bombarded with all these issues and he begins to rejoice in God. He says, I'm not going to focus too much right now on, right? He starts the letter saying, I'm going to focus on what God has done. So you understand that it's not about you. It's about what he's done. It's amazing. I thought about if it was me or if it was you, put yourself in Paul's place. Matter of fact, think about this week. Maybe you got some bad news. How did you respond? Did you respond like Paul? Were you in the spirit? Were you folks? We said, okay, you know what, Lord? Lord, help me. Because again, I, we're living testimonies. So this is important for us to understand. We need to grab, he says, so I made you rich with all kinds of, uh, uh, of speech, right? So God has, has blessed the, the um, Corinthian church, just like he's blessed City Church. You think about us, all the different, the, the diversity, what we bring to the table, Right? Lawyers, doctors, right? No, I'm, I'm just, we got lawyers, doctors, and city church. Right. And God's saying, look, I, I, I love you so much, and I want you to get it because I, what you're practicing right now is not going to bring about the righteousness that I desire for your life. Yes, and that's the reality. See, this is the thing. A lot of times we get so focused on the sin or you can't do this, you can't do that. God's like, I'm looking 10 years down the road and saying how it's going to jack you up. It's not about right now, Nathan. Like I said, I'm preaching to myself. It's not about right now. Because in 10 years, those same des- you're not going to have those same desires. You're not going to want that. Amen. You're going to understand. You're going to say, I wish I would have submitted. I wish I would have followed. So then you think about like, oh my goodness. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, right? Because now you understand Jesus Christ has died for your sins. It's not about you. You have been made new, right? It doesn't matter what you did in your past, right? Right? Because this is a place that was full of vile and wicked activities. And he says, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. You now belong to Christ. Verse 6. God thus confirming our testimony about you. Well, what does it mean when you say right? confirming? What does that mean? Because the fact that the Corinthians have received these spiritual gifts, these, this was evidence that their testimony about Christ had to be true. The fact that the Corinthian church, they heard about Christ when Paul was preaching and he shared the gospel with them. Then they were blessed. God blessed them with the speech. He, he gave them the gifts, the talents, right, of the Spirit, which means that they were now new converts. So it says, what Paul is saying is that 
everything that you understand now is confirmed because you received these gifts. The fact that you have them is evidence that Christ died for you. So again, look, we admit, I, I drove right past that when I read it. It's like confirming, okay, Jesus, now we know Jesus is real. But it's like, no, now you understand the fact that you now, the fact that you are singing and praising God, regardless, even if you are sinful, you belong to God. Amen. Jesus owns you. It's amazing. So the testimony was confirmed. Another important note uh, to take, Paul called himself. You think about this. They're receiving this letter from, from, uh, from Paul. So just like, for me example, if I'm, I'm going to receive some information and I'm going through some things, some difficult times, I would like, this is just me, I would like for somebody to have experienced some difficult times, they're going to give me some advice. Right? So there's people who, you know, their life is nice and good and happy-go-lucky, and when you're going through it, they tell you it's going to be all right, but they ain't never experienced nothing, right? They, parents got money. They, they, you're like, I'm broke. Like, you don't know what that feels like to be broke. Like, no, I'm broke. Like, no, you're not. Like, no, I spent, like, all my bills are paid, but I'm broke. I don't have, I can't get a grilled cheese sandwich. I can't because I don't have the money, right? But, I, but if I have somebody who's like, I understand. Paul understood what was going on at the Corinthian church. He says, I understand that you were, that you were sinners because I myself was the chief of sinners. And I thought about it, I said, wow. So you got to look at this aspect as well. They're receiving this letter from Paul who once persecuted, who murdered these people who he's writing to. So if anybody knew what sin was, it was Paul. And so now they're receiving this letter. Yeah, the, the, the once murderer, the once persecutor, he is now writing to encourage us about what the power of Jesus Christ. I was like, yeah, I need that. I need that in my life. Because I've, I, to me, I've done some things where I'm like, Lord, I don't know how you're going to forgive me for that. My, my guilt won't allow me to let go. And God's like, I don't think you understand. Jesus Christ paid it all. There's nothing that you can do to set me apart. There's nothing you can do. He died for you. And I was like, hmm. So, yeah, because Paul used to murder Christians. I ain't never murdered nobody. <laughs> so if you can forgive him, then I should be all right. Paul, the apostle, is preaching the gospel, confirming this testimony. Um, looking at verse 7, and it says that, Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is telling the Corinthians, look, you lack no spiritual gift that is necessary to do the work of God. See, Pastor Meeks doesn't need to know everything when it came to Planet City Church. The fact that he was called and God, is, is, and God called him, he didn't lack anything because he had God at his disposal. So it's like, Lord, I don't know. We're going to start off in my garage, but I don't know what's going to come next. You don't have to know what's going to come next, Pastor, because I called you, which means if I'm giving you this vision, I'm going to help you through it. So if it's you and your struggle right now, you, whatever you're going through, 
Lord, I, I, want to, I want to do these things. Like I said, this is for me. I'm going through these things. I don't know how I'm going to, to, to do this. I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this. Uh, Nathan, it's not about you. I, I called you, which means I'm going to, I'm at your disposal. But the fact, the problem is you're not using me. You still depending on your own strength, your own mind. That's the problem. Because the fact that you just said, I can't, which means that you focus on what you can do and not what I can do. So the Corinthians were acting in themselves. That was the problem. They were still being Corinthians and not followers of Christ. So Paul understood. It's like, it's not the fact that you are, it's not the fact that God hasn't saved you. It's the fact that you're still operating in your old self. And so as Christians, we have to operate in the new man. But how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we operate in the new man if we're not, right? If we haven't read Romans chapter 12 that says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Corinthian church couldn't operate in a new self because they were still conforming to the old patterns. So as a Christian, as me, Nate, you never going to give it over that obstacle. You never going to overcome that challenge because you still operating in your old self. Yes, yes. You need to be walking in me. Because yes. if you walking in me, the Bible says, if you walk in me, walk in the spirit, you will not gratify the lust of the flesh. Yes. If, you, if you're walking in me, but if you're walking in yourself, Amen. Corinthians. Corinthians. So therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ. So you don't have to, you don't have to understand. It starts right now. You don't have to know it all. My young people, my teenagers, you don't have to know it all. When I was a teenager, trying, I'm like trying to be a Christian. I'm trying to do this thing. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do next. It was Jesus always intervened. I'd be trying to open up the wrong door. So I hear the boogeyman on the other side, oop, gotta go over here. It wasn't that I didn't want to go in that door, but it was the God said, I'm not about that life. Right? I'm not, see, that's what we, we fail to realize is that God, right, is working, but a lot of times we choose to do what we want to do. The Corinthians were choosing what they wanted to do which is why they were having these issues with division and with sexual purity, right? Immorality is because they were operating in themselves. And so Paul is writing this love letter to correct them out of love because of what Jesus had done for them. And so we look at this, you don't lack anything. Looking at verse eight, it says that he will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the word blameless, you see it, it's, it's bolded because um, I thought I said blameless. Blameless. I would love to be blameless because if, I don't know about you, but this Satan, my flesh, is always telling me what you did wrong. Why you don't deserve this. Why you don't deserve that. Always blaming me. Nathan, you can't because remember you did this? Remember you did that? You don't have your degree. You don't have, right? And God says, uh, I want you to pay attention to something. Um, The Greek word here for blameless is uh, anikletos, which means unaccused. 
unaccused, irreproachable. So what does Paul mean when he says blameless? Paul was saying that Satan has nothing to say to you. I don't think you understand. Satan no longer has anything to say to you. You don't have to sit there and take that abuse. A lot of us, we sit there and we take the abuse of Satan constantly accusing us of what we did in our past or what we might currently be doing. But it says here in the text that he will keep you blameless. He will keep you unaccused. He will keep you irreproachable. I thought about that. I heard, Josiah, I heard Cyrus' testimony last week, and I thought about blameless, how good it must have felt to be understand that everything was wiped, wiped clean. Yes. Everything was wiped. So I don't know about you, but when you've been set free, how good it feels. So here he's telling the Corinthians church, look, I understand that you've been shackled. You've been uh, uh, locked down by your flesh and what you used to, but you've been set free. You're going to be blameless. You are blameless because what Jesus Christ has done. I was like, it's amazing. Not just blameless, irreproachable like this. (laughs) I'm good now. I can walk with a little confidence now. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think a lot of times we get so caught up in our, in our past and that's what, it gives us that, those spiritual paralysis. You ever had that? Spiritual, you want to do some things. You want to change your life. You want to go out there and talk about how great God is, but you don't want nobody to go into your closet. you like, I was just about to jump, Lord, but I thought about back in 88 when I, <laughs> I thought about it in, in, in 04 when I, it's God saying, look, it's not about that. See, when God saves you, that's past, present, and future. Past, present, future. Corinthian church, doesn't matter what you did in the past. Doesn't matter what you're doing right now. Doesn't matter what you will do. But understand this. God is calling you to the new standard. He wants to elevate us. But us, we need to step out there on faith. But that we can't step out there on faith if we don't trust the work of the cross. God was really dealing with this. Like, Nathan, that's the issue. The reality is what you're really saying is you don't, under, you don't believe I died for you. You don't believe that I rose for you. And you don't believe that I'm coming back for you. That's what your actions are saying. You're not saying, God, I don't trust you. I don't believe you. But that's what your actions are saying. Because the text says right in front of you, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. All of City Church, you are a new creation because you are in Christ. So you don't have to worry about your past. So now am I saying there's not going to be any consequences for your past? Not saying that. See, I think that's where we get like, well, you know, again, I will step out there, but those consequences from my past, I'm not really ready to deal with those. But the reality is God says you shouldn't be worried about no other human. You should be worried about me. They can only destroy the flesh. I can destroy your spirit. So again, it goes back to us trusting and believing God at his word for what he said he was going to do. So the Corinthian church, I'm going to keep, uh, Jesus Christ will keep you blameless, irreproachable, right? Um, looking at verse uh, 9, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I don't know about you, but I need faithful. I need God to be faithful for, to, me, to me. 
And it's an unfair relationship, I'm going to be honest. Let's, let's be honest. Our relationship with God is unfair. It's a little one-sided. Because I think we, we step out a little bit more than we should. But God still forgives us. You think, think about this. Hosea. What did, anybody know the story of Hosea? Hosea, who, he was called to marry a prostitute. God called him to marry a prostitute. That story always rocked me. I was like, Lord, Why? This is, see, this is why I want to be no preacher. <laughs> this is what you're going to do. You gonna, you're just going to have some random stuff pop up in my life. I need you to do this. I need you to marry a prostitute. What? No. I don't want to. But you be watching them videos. Lord, now, mind your business. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's be honest. So I thought about Hosea. Asked to marry a prostitute. And I was like, Lord, that's, that's crazy. That's, why, that's not okay. What did he do to deserve that? The answer was, what did I do to deserve y'all unfaithfulness to me? See, I want y'all to understand that no matter what you've done, no matter how much you cheat on me, how unfaithful you are, I still love you. You think about Jesus Christ came and died for our sins, and he knew everything that you've done in your life. He says, I'm still going to die for you. But Lord, what about when I do this? I'm, I'm dying for you. But what about when I'm unfaithful? I'm dying for you. But what about when I know that I'm unfaithful and I still cheat on you? I'm dying for you. So God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son. I want you to be in fellowship with my son. Matter of fact, if you're not in faithful, if you're not in relationship with my son, that's a problem. See, because I think we get it twisted. We think that we start walking in, in our good deeds and, and our consistency, and we start thinking that God is seeing us. And the problem is, no, God's like, no, you, my son is still covering you. Yeah. The only reason I don't smite you, the only reason I don't slay you, the only reason I don't kill you where you stand for your sin is because I see my son. Amen. I see Jesus. Amen. It's not you. I can't tell how times I thought I was like, Lord, you see my devotion game is on point. Woke up every morning. I'm in here. Get a little issue at work. Ah, God bless you. It's all going to be all right, right? I'm blessed, highly favored, right? And God's like, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. I still, it's only, my, it's only Jesus who I see. On judgment day, he is faithful. When we're in the courtroom, when God is, Say, so, uh, Tamika, you're here now, so let's talk about your life. I don't know about you, but I need a lifeline. Because if he bring up, I'm talking about age six, I'm going to be like, we'll see uh, what happened was. But if I have somebody, you got Jesus who's your attorney. You got Jesus who's going to, I'm, I want to paint this picture, you on judgment day. Yes, you trying to plead your case. Yes, yes. I fed this many people. I was there at City Church when they didn't have nothing. I was doing this. And God's going to say, depart from me. Huh. You operating in you. Yes. That's still, the, that righteousness you're talking about is still of a filthy rag. Yes, I, need, I need a little something more. And you're like, well, I know Jesus, and, and he knows me. Oh, then my son. 
my, my daughter. Come on in. See, it's different when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I was talking to somebody who said that they were uh, taking a test, and they said, Lord, I, I didn't know none of the answer, but I started calling the Lord like, Lord, if you don't show up right now, I'm going to fail. You start, you know, start praying like you never prayed before. And if I fail, Lord, they're going to see you as a failure, not me. I need you to step in right now. And Jesus stepped in, they passed the test, and I said, look, look at God. He said, I didn't, know, I didn't know any of the answers. I can't tell you how many times God has stepped in on my life. So as we come to a close, I want you guys to, to think about this. We think about the text. We read it. We read it. But let's read it. I always, I daily, ooh, I daily am grateful for my God. Because of the grace I see in you, the grace that was given to you, because you don't deserve it. But the fact that he still loves you and he still blessed you and he's still giving unto you shows you that our testimony, right? We look at, look at verse 5. For in him you have been enriched in every way. You've been made wealthy. You've been made rich. You, are, you don't need all this, these things that you're chasing. You thinking it's the financial. If I had uh, five more dollars, you get five more dollars. Like if I had five more dollars, yeah, I'd be all right. It never stops because the flesh is constant. If you had this, if I had a little bit more education, you get the education. If I had just a little bit more, God's saying, if you would just trust in me, you've already been enriched with everything that you need. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you to the end so that you will be blameless. You will be, what was the word? Irreproachable. Yes, Lord. So that you will be irreproachable, pure, clean, white, clean as snow. On the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful. Yes, and this word faithful means the Greek word there is to be sure. Like God is sure. It's a sure thing. You can, you can go and cash this check. It's like, it's the done deal. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to, oh, when I get there, I got to bring my ID. No, it's, it's good. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with the Son. It's a sure thing. You don't have to worry about it. So as we go into this week, we have to remind ourselves that God has called us. And it doesn't matter oh, the sin in your life. Now, God wants you to change that. But God, don't allow that to hinder you from where God wants to take you. That should be the goal of us as City Church, as believers, is that we don't allow the sin that God already conquered to hinder us from uh, uh, going to go where God wants us to be. Amen? Amen. Let us bow. Lord, we say thank you right now. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who took who took the beating in our name, who was slain for our sin. He died for our unrighteousness. He died for our wickedness. And Lord, we say thank you right now. We thank you for these words. May they be edifying. May they be pleasing unto your sight. May your believers, may your people, may your children leave change right now, Father God.
We thank you for everything that you've done. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.